Hey everyone, in this special episode of History Unloaded with Danny and Ashley, we're gonna poke your eye out, kid. <laughs> I was not ready for that at all. I, I like that I said we, yeah. <laughs> like that we are going to go, like that's, that's yeah, so far more aggressive than I Threatening than I all of our that. listeners to show up at their house and poke their eye out. Um, um, would you like to explain the reference for our non-TBS viewing friends? Well, I mean, it's been on far more than TBS, but you are correct. Um, so as you guys know, we're doing uh, holiday sort of themed episodes. And uh, we were on the sort of sort of. And we were trying to come up with something uh, to fill the weeks between Black Friday and Christmas. And so we thought, well, a Christmas story is about Christmas. And it's also about air rifles. Maybe the only movie about an air rifle. I don't know, it might be a spring. Load. I don't know if it's actually an air rifle, but we'll call it, it one for the sake of that. Maybe gun. Yeah. So we thought we'd talk about the history of air rifles, um, a little bit about maybe Daisy history. And uh, that's about it, because I don't know if I've ever seen the movie the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two questions about air rifles that I would like to answer before the end of today. Camille is saying three, but I already forgot the third one. So question number one. Actually, now I've remembered the third one. Question number one. Is an air rifle a gun? We know it's not a firearm because there's no fire. So is it a gun? There's no fire. <laughs> there's no fire, so it's not a firearm. Um, well, mm, uh, I don't remember what, the, what we wrote as the definition for a gun. Uh, no, no, it's not a gun, according to the definition that's on the CFM wall, because the definition has the expanding gas, blah, 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 blah. And then firearm is a portable gun in our museum. So per our definition, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So per the CFM, air rifles are not technically a gun, even though they throw a projectile. Although, I mean, um, if they're like, man, I wish I knew more about how air rifles operated, but there's like CO2 ones. I mean, does that count? Yeah. Well, it, I guess it's how rapidly expanding does the gas have to be? Because this thing I have here says pressurized air or nitrogen. Okay. Question, question number two. We just glossed it, over a lot of that though. Like, so it might be a gun. It it's not legally, it's not legally a firearm. Legally, in most places, it is not. But it does fire a projectile. But it does fire a projectile. That's where we're. Um, at. So it's a crossbow, technically. <laughs> it has um, a trigger. Did you say without a trigger? Crossbows have triggers. No, I said it. It has a trigger. Just like so, a crossbow. So per Danny and Ashley, air rifles air guns, are crossbows. crossbows. <laughs> um <laughs> so question number two or b depending on how you're counting at home uh is it girard Gir, i can't even say it, girardoni or girandoni i believe it is girardoni and um the only reason i believe that is because that is what i was told <laughs> uh when i said girandoni to the curator of the smithsonian he corrected me and then i believe mike carrick uh, who's a big scholar in this area, um, calls it Girardoni as well. But yeah, does I our think... label say 
our label uses Girard. I think in some cases in the old museum, we had Girand. It was Girand, but I, I wrote most of those labels, you know, that were beyond military. So, so I people can change. <laughs> <laughs> Rebranded. Uh, so what's the third um, question? Actually, I'm thinking of more now as we go. Um, third question, can they be left-handed? uh i'm sure okay um i oh. nobody else understands why you asked me that question but i know and it's just i think it's some just of funny. our listeners will get it but if you don't get it i don't know it's pretty niche but yeah it's current pop culture reference um it would probably huh. be more likely to be because like you know what i love about air rifles like old air rifles is that they like incorporate a lack plate you know like or like the mechanism but it's not like it's not how that works yeah like the old flintlock looking ones and you're just, right like, they're just there because that's everybody what everybody knew not because like they actually needed to be there yeah the bayonet um, lugs if you will the bayonet lugs of your rifles. Um, the the final question i have for you which is well over two three or whatever um team lucan's or team Girard Girandoni? Um, okay, so <laughs> I was actually hoping that you asked this. Um, I am team Girardoni okay. because, again, that is what I was told. Uh, when I first came to Cody, we have uh, Cody has two of the four known Lucan's air rifles. And uh, the curator at the time had said something to the extent of, you know, that even though some people argue it's the Girardoni, although he said Girardoni. Um, you know, they still thought it was the Lucans because I guess one of the Lewis or Clark went to the Lucans like air rifle factory. And I don't know if any of that is true. Cause like, mm -hmm. you know, who the last curator was before me. Yeah. So, um, definitely would have said Giran for sure. Yeah, he definitely, cause Wikipedia would have told him to, um, but yeah, so like, I tend to not believe anything that he said. So I go with Giardoni and because. I also like Mike this Mike Carrick again like he's done all the scholarship on this mm -hmm. and like he's pretty confident that it was the Girardoni so Lucans are cool we have them mm -hmm. but I don't I'm just... but I will say I think it's pretty badass that Lewis and Clark had an air rifle yeah it is and that's how most people like know historic ones although there's a lot more depth to it that we can get into in a second but well it's um... badass but then it's also kind of effed up but whatever well I mean, it's interesting because there's like a huge history to air rifles um, beyond sort of the uh, a Christmas story. I couldn't even think of the movie for a second or just the Lewis and Clark expedition. Um, but like for those of you who aren't aware what we're referencing here and we've talked too long about it now, but the historic debate about what kind of air rifle was carried by Lewis and Clark for many, many, many years was that they carried a Lucan's air rifle made by the 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 maker of that name in philadelphia because i think they were known to have stopped in philadelphia and then in more recent years re-examining the diaries people are like well the gun they described doesn't really work like a lucan's it works a lot more like a giardoni so now virtually everybody believes they took a giardoni but you know what's kind of interesting about that if you take like modern like interviews like when guns are fired and like people have zero concept of like how because like that's my understanding of the giardoni argument is that a lot of the diary entries talked about you know firing so fast it had to have been a repeater mm -hmm. um you know but memories 
faulty so who knows yeah yeah there's that whole question of like it's it's still an oral it's nearly an oral tradition um but like the cfm i think when it first when it opened in 91 like the interpretation was still lucan's and because we had it was two still of, a lucan's interpretation until we closed i'm pretty yeah. sure so it was a lucan's interpretation well past the change in scholarship but um, <laughs> you know it was thought to be lucan's and cfm's like well we have these two lucan's and there's not that many known left um so let's you know pimp that out and so we like for a long time broadcast that it was a Lucans that they took on their expedition, not a Giordoni. The only thing they I could sound like there was something nefarious there. And like, right. I don't know, like, I mean, museums can be kind of sketch as we've talked about before, but I don't know. I don't think it intentionally was nefarious. Yeah, It wasn't like an intentional, like participation. And I mean, it was a really niche debate to begin with, but um, yeah, for a long time, the museum interpreted it as a Lucans. You know, what sucked though about a lot of that is how, those stories get retold and retold and retold and the scholarship may change, mm -hmm. but um, you may or may not be aware of the scholarship changing on it. And mm -hmm. then like the scholarship changes and then everyone comes in and they're like, I want to see the Lewis and Clark Luke Lucans yeah. and you're screwed because right. like, it's just been the oral tradition for a long time, but that's just a, an airing of grievances. <laughs> and I would say like the air rifle, the Lewis and Clark air rifle is one of our most requested, like, I, people come to the museum and across knowledge, like from novice to like some pretty serious gun guys, I would say people like know of that gun and they want to see one and they, they want to see the one. Um, I think the officially the one with the strongest potential connection is what West point collection. Oh, yeah. I think that's that one. Um, ours is, was definitely made after the expedition and ours is really cool. Cause it's a Russian copy, which is, um unique in it for its own reasons yeah well it's so we were talking about this offline but you know it's kind of funny that see like this the the super rare things that people ask for uh you know the girardoni um the uh ferg or the ferguson uh breech loading gun a, a pedersen device if you will tanny <laughs> <laughs> um you know but it's funny because like those are like the things people ask for and like no we don't have a ferguson but we have another breech loader from the from actually a little bit earlier in the time period and it's more rare and people are like but i want to see the ferguson yeah um and it's probably the same like but people are really don't read that the giardoni is a copy and it's right. hard to phrase that too because it's not a modern copy it's right. a like period copy it's um, a period like somebody's like Hey, this guy made this cool thing over here. I'm going to rip it off because there is zero intellectual property protections in yeah. the 1700s. It's like the CZ75. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, ouch. That one probably still stings. <laughs> if anyone, we just, I just realized, do we just make lots of references to things that we find funny and like no one has any idea yeah, what's happening? I, I think that it is our own particular sort of humor is that we just make the references and assume people know what we're talking about well, the cg75 real quick um badass gun but the uh they were still behind the iron curtain i was at the russian curtain <laughs> <laughs> the iron curtain when they developed the the firearm and so um it was basically it was not plagiarized <laughs> it was it was copied all around the world because they couldn't take any like there was something about like i have actually a notes on the same thing as this air rifle thing but like they couldn't you know they couldn't own the design of it and they couldn't profit off of the patent outside of the iron curtain so it got people just like reverse engineered it. And so yeah. they were all over the place, even though it was a great gun and it originated from there. But I, like I think that's how, I mean, that's how what's his face, Jeff Cooper 
got it, got a hold of it. it was like a Canadian one. Yeah, I forget the full story, but it was like the CZ-75 started to get a rep in the States before it was like even importable, really. Yeah. And then they tried to make a 10 millimeter one. Yeah. The Brenton. Um, Anyways. Anyways, back to air rifles. Back to to Christmas. (laughs) 1970s and 80s handguns. Um, Yeah. It's like the... We were were talking about niche. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I made it there. I, I paused long enough to make it there. Um, yeah, the, the Hearst and Ferguson. The Hearst is technically rarer, but it does not have the name brand recognition of um... <laughs> is the auction house calling. No, that was, I panicked so hard. So we're leaving this in because it was an epic, like like Danny just Danny's waiting for an auction to bid on a can I say what it is or uh, yeah, I think we could say. I mean, I don't have anything. I don't know if you're going to get it, but Patterson device. That's why I made the joke. But right. um, so the phone rang in his office and like his brain just shut off <laughs> because he knew he had to answer an auction house call, but it was just somebody else. I panicked pretty, pretty hard. I wish um, that you guys could see it because like the look on his face of like, and I don't know where I am now. <laughs> it was, it was rough. <laughs> it was good. It was so good. Anyways, Hurst. Ferguson. Right, 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 right. Take <laughs> three. Um, so yeah, it's the question of the hearse is technically rare. And from like the history of breech loaders is, you know, a little earlier contemporary. It's it's a similar concept. Um, so it's a really cool gun, but people don't want to see that. If they say, if you say, oh, we don't have the Ferguson you're looking for, but we have this hearse, which is kind of like, they're like, oh, and no, it's like the it's like the great value brand for Ferguson to them. You know, <laughs> did you like, just did you intentionally make a Star Wars reference there? I did not. Did you hear yourself there? Like, I did not. You, you said you said this is not the Ferguson you were looking for. <laughs> Star Wars is just so ingrained in me. That <laughs> pop culture has taken me over. That's funny. <laughs> this is not the Ferguson you were looking for. And it's anyway. the same thing with the Giordoni. They're like, we want to see the one that they took on the expedition. You're like, well, this is one like it, but it's made in Russia after. And they're just like, uh, and you feel like, cause you feel some obligation to be honest because you're trying to be like, represent this, these things well as a museum. But part of you really just wants to be like, yep, it was this one just so that they like walk away like with that piece of like, oh, I had a good time. Cause once you explain it, you kind of ruin it for them. Well, it's like um, M1 carbines used to be like that in co- like, at least when I was there, like people would be like, I want to see a Rockola jukebox. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it totally um, M1 carbine. And I'd be like, well, you know, on display, we have the three prototypes and the first production one. And they're like, no, and like I walk wanna... away. Like I had somebody mad yeah, at yeah, me. Yeah. I know. I know and exactly I, yeah. And I, <laughs> it's just like, oh, I want an IBM. I want a uh, national postal meter. And I'm like, this like, is literally the prototype for the entire series. Yeah, we're right like here. David Marshall Williams is weird prototype and then the real ones. <laughs> and somebody like I assume Tom Hall or just Winchester in general, they did this really great job of like collecting all these really hard to find things that are really cool parts of firearms history. It just happens that they weren't the ones to get the and we're kind of off air rifles now, but they collected the cool just as cool stuff that didn't get name branded and now we're like plagued with this forever battle of like Oh, that's not the one I was looking for. Um, you can't stop using that reference. Okay, so air rifles. You just a little, you a little sneak peek into the history of air rifles. Uh, so we've talked about whether or not they're a gun or a firearm, and as I said, legally speaking, that's difficult. Um, um, but basically, I don't know. They've been around for a really long time. 
I have a, a note that says the oldest existing air gun belong or air gun bellows dating back to 1580 is at the Livrust Museum in Stockholm. That is a great pronunciation, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's perfect. Um, but the, basically, like the thing that I always point out when we talk about firearms history is that, like, you know, things that you would associate as modern usually have a very historic root to it. So, you know, like we talk about, you know, the first handgun and then the first rifling and all that. Well, so air guns were around in the 1500s. So it's not like this is a newer history. This idea of it as a toy is far more modern, and we can talk about that. Um, in terms of Daisy, um, but they, they basically started off as hunting guns. Yeah. They were used in hunting, uh, which they still are today. A lot of people don't realize that because they're not legally firearms, you know, you can still own them and you can still use them to hunt. Um, and so they're, they were hunting guns. I think they had some, I'm looking at my notes. I think they had some relationship with the military. Yeah, there was, I mean, there's like been limited experimentation. I mean, the most in-depth was the Giardoni itself because the Austrians, I think, I want to say 1500 is the number. I can't remember if it's 1500 or 1000. Um, the Austrian 1770 model? Right. So it's it's functionally the, the same the, as the... The Windbuchka. Yeah. <laughs> For, and believe it Sorry. or not, we do have listeners in... Europe, including Sweden and Austria. I'm so sorry. So apologies to all of you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like they, they adopted a version of the Giardoni um, and use it militarily. And that's probably the widest uh, adoption for a military purpose. Um, but yeah, the 20th century impression is like, these are a novelty recently invented. Um, yeah not a serious hunting tool or anything like that. And the Giardoni is a super early example of a tubular magazine. Yeah, that's that's the other thing it's got going on for it. It's not like it's gravity fed because there's no like spring inside there or anything. So it's really just a, it totally is just a tube, but it's one of the earliest examples. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head that's earlier right now. Well, you know, it's also kind of funny with the air rifle. It, this is going to sound so out of nowhere but like everyone talks about like the demonization of the like silencer you know as being this scary quiet thing but there was like that apocryphal story that went around for a long time about napoleon being afraid of them remember do you know that yeah. story yeah it's it's sort of similar to like the actual story why silencers got right you know officials in the teens and 20s are scared of like assassins and so they add silencers and yeah there's the story about napoleon being scared of air rifles for a similar reason which i don't think is true and i believe legally again not a lawyer here but i believe since if you attach some form of suppressor to an air rifle it is not a suppressor legally in the u.s because the key definition of a silencer in the u.s is that it has to attach to a firearm which is another odd thing about air rifles um sorry could you guys see me my screen is blacking out um i can see you it looked like your cat or something like jumped on this no it's the summer like something's being wonky over here mm. to this morning and i don't have the time to figure it out okay but i can see you what was the last thing you said i, I was just talking about the I, how air rifles can have suppressors because legally in the u.s um a silencer to be a silencer has to attach to a firearm okay so the reason that, you know, a lot of people associate air rifles, though, with toys, it's kind of funny. I mean, like this, the silencer is like demonized as this like thing, but then like 
the like air rifles, pretty ingenious, nifty early technology that allegedly some people were scared of, but not actually. Uh, well, I mean, I know somebody was scared of them, but this Danny, Danny, <laughs> very terrified over here. Very, very. <laughs> um, but it's because uh, a lot of it's because of a company called Daisy. Do do <laughs> different Daisy, right? Please tell me. Different, different Daisy. Okay. I think I don't know. Um, so Daisy, uh, BB guns, the Red Rider that is you know from that movie that this theoretically this episode is about. Um, Daisy was initially a windmill manufacturer before moving into sour. So I guess it blew, blew a lot of air like early on. I never. I like literally have talked about the Daisy Windmill Company a bunch and like never, never put together. <laughs> no, I didn't. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it was uh, a windmill company um, that started in Plymouth, Michigan in 1882. Uh, it was known as the Plymouth Iron Windmill Company. Uh, but basically in the 1880s, there wasn't a lot of like demand for it. And I'm skimming their website because I don't remember Iron um, Wind Gun would be a way cooler name for air guns. Iron Wind Gun. Um, I remember this is, this is, I'm like, I'm going to paraphrase this and I'll make sure it's true. But like, I feel like they started off like giving them as like presents. Yeah, there's some, I, again, this is, I would venture to say outside both of our core knowledge areas. But yeah, there, I remember that being like, like oh, here it is. is that... um, so they said, boy, that's a daisy. <laughs> Uh, when the prototype was brought into the office, uh, that it was rumored that it went into production uh, as a premium item given to farmers when they purchased a windmill. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that is actually, that's pretty cool. Um, but then, yeah, like every, there are all these other earlier air guns from companies all over. And really, like, if people start talking about like air or toy guns, like our mind goes to that that kind of gun at least mine does maybe not which is not like how we've gotten should i even bring this up how all of firearms history is just marketing oh well i mean that but i mean how like air guns have just gone under the the radar of the atf like yeah Yeah, totally um you know it's just i don't know it's it's interesting to me that like you know it starts off as this like big born it still is you know heavy caliber hunting you know a little bit of military really innovative designs used you know on the Lewis and Clark expedition um and now it's like it's a toy and they made them to look like you know other popular firearms like Winchesters mm-hmm. uh, and there's also like in the collection there's that um Winchester quote-unquote made right pistol it wasn't made by Winchester but it was trademarked by Winchester mm-hmm. um because they were used to be at the old in the old museum it was like a daisy made to look like a Winchester and then it was a Winchester made to look like a daisy yeah yeah it was like yeah, yeah. a bizarre back and forth of you know marketing um you know what gun I can't believe we haven't talked about yet in the sharps Oh yeah. And then I also thought of another one. What's the other one? The Thompson. Oh yeah. That was <laughs> pretty good. We're amazing at this. Um so I'll oh talk my about God. The it's like we should prepare. God. And you can talk about the Thompson. Okay. Um so the Sharps is an air rifle made by Christian Sharps and believed to be the only air rifle that he ever made. Uh, and then like it's something he just made as a gift to his daughter. Uh, she was like eight, I think. No, I think. What was her name? 
Oh. Satella. That's why I made it. I just made a Nutella joke, but then I realized you probably don't know her name. Yeah. So he makes it. I think that was her name. I might be wrong, but I think it's Satella. Which, you know, props to him and like his mechanical ability to just like, you know what? I make single shot black powders. We're just going to go over here and make an air rifle real quick. He was the OG of the toy air rifle when you think about it. Yeah. It's all his fault. Yeah. That's it. Is Ralph, you wouldn't have gotten his eye shot out. You would not have. Did that um, happen in the movie? I don't know. I have not watched that. I know he movie. licked a pole. <laughs> yeah, that's the, absolutely the only thing I remember from the movie itself. I also remember something about Santa Claus pushing him down a slide. Yeah. Nothing. Anyways, so we have Anyways. Christian Sharps to blame for the movie. Yeah, um, he he does not, he he planned the whole movie out. Yeah. Uh so the Thompson. Which Thompson are you talking about? The pneumatic one. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> what other one would I be talking about in the context of this episode? Uh, so we have a uh pneumatic quote unquote Thompson submachine gun. It was a submachine BB gun essentially. Um I can't remember who made it. Oh yeah, I don't remember the name. If you want to talk, remember. I'll find the name if you okay. So funny story is that I had an intern like long, long time ago, and she made a post about like machine guns versus like something else, and she included the Thompson Matic air gun yeah. into the thing. And someone was like, uh, girl, that's a BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> Should have paid closer attention when she sent it to me for review. Um and so yeah, so it was a it was a submachine gun, air gun um, that was made um, for like the Coney Island shoot the star targets uh, because it, I don't know if we've ever talked about this in the past, but yeah, it, like uh, a lot of the early shooting games at like Disney and like Knott's Berry Farms, like they shot projectiles. Yeah. Like at night, they would like spray paint the targets because they were firing actual BBs, and so we have a. We have a Thompson that I think is allegedly was used at Coney Island. Um, well, in the so the company that made it is Feltman Products, and I think at the very least they were based um, close to Coney Island, so it's pretty, yeah, pretty suspect that it would have been would have been used there. A lot of people too, like when we had it on display at the last museum. Sorry, I burped. Um, it's a, in case it sounded like there's like an awkward pause there. I just burped. Um, at the last one, when we had the old museum, is people would like remember it, like remember playing the shoot the star target. Yeah. So. Because yeah. The, the the movement of like solid projectiles to like laser beams and like mm-hmm. the different things they've got now. I mean, that's the 80s, I think. Yeah. Like the there were projectiles in like all the classic shooting booths for a long, I mean, a long, long time. And it's only a recent trend towards like optical uses for them. Yeah. So I feel like I had something else to say about. So since things are moving away from the like, like shooting simulators and games and that kind of thing are moving into the optical era where they're using lasers and other forms of like non-projectile engagement. Do you think that'll like start to swing the pendulum back to like people thinking of air guns and a non-toy use and as more of a like what like a hunting use with some people i feel like the gun community is just like pushing down that knowledge so that it doesn't become conspiracy time ashley's conspiracy corner today (laughs) like 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 i feel like like it's it's one of those things nobody ever talks about and i think it's because nobody wants it to get regulated well, and I think it, it doesn't have as much of appeal in the U.S. Like, I think it's probably stronger in other countries where, 
the regulations around firearms are stricter, whereas in the U.S., you always have to make the case of what does this do that a rifle that I would take hunting couldn't do. So there's always that balance. Uh, But I mean, I I would say that the air rifle market in general in the gun world is probably pretty strong. It's still a a hunting gun and that kind of thing. But then, you know, it's also now, uh, I mean, it's, are they still popular? Like, oh, our society's not a fan of like, yeah, I don't think they're really popular as toys anymore. I don't know. Maybe I'm sure within the gun, you know, owner's world. Because, I mean, I mean it is like, a good way to to teach a kid about firearm safety. And we're know? sort of distinguishing, at least I am here, between, like, like air guns and, like, air soft guns. Like, that kind of thing. Because, obviously, there's that aspect where, like, oh, yeah. those are used for, you know, essentially, I don't know, like, a game, um, a sport. And then there's like the air guns that are still, you know, then I think most of those are powered off like CO2 canisters. Um, And then there's like the air guns that are still on compressed, some form of compressed air, air, um, larger caliber, um, you know, for specifically for like hunting or like longer range target shooting or more substantial target shooting than airsoft would allow, we'll say. Well, we have a pneumatic machine gun in our collection. Yeah. Well, and that's the, uh, we have that pneumatic machine gun in the CFM collection. And then the Thompson itself is a full auto air gun. So is it a air machine gun? I don't know. You should look at your paperwork. I would rather not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that we, we have, I was going to try and make an air reference, like taking the wind out of our sails. Sure. We'll go with that one. Farted away all the like possibilities. I don't know. Air, air jokes, air Maybe. puns. Insert your favorite pun here and let us off the hook. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think this is the first time we've ever really talked about this. So that's pretty cool. We've never really talked about air rifles much before. We might have mentioned the Girodoni, but um, yeah, we dive into a subject on a very tenuous premise that a quasi air gun is featured in a holiday movie. And we bring our abbreviated history of air guns to you now. That sounds like more of an introduction, Danny. Yeah, it did. Oh, well, we're committed to it. All right, guys. Well, we hope you're enjoying this mini season for the holidays. uh, And we'll catch you next week. See ya. See ya.